Well, good evening, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Jimmy Palumbo Show. That's right. I'm your host, Jimmy Palumbo, and this is show number 45 of the Jimmy Palumbo Show. And I'm your host, Jimmy Palumbo, behind the glass, as usual, the one and only bi-weekend Chris Gucci behind the glass here. And he's going to be helping me out, as always, with my show, show number 45. Now, of course, you know we do a little number fun with jersey numbers. Um, I could have went with Chili Davis, 1998, 1999. I know me and Chris both like Chili Davis. Everybody loved him. I could go old school Rudy May back in the day. But I've decided to split this one. I don't think I've ever split this one. Maybe I have. Um, the bottom line is there's two guys. Uh, one of them is popular. The other one's not. I got to go with the first guy I'm going to go with is I thought he was a key factor in the Yankees, even though no one really talks about him. Uh, Number 45, Big Daddy, Cecil Fielder with the Yankees in 96 and 97. Again, when I talk about stuff like this, as you guys know, I'm I'm a sports fan, but I'm not like ESPN, WFAN, or even as good as Chris and Dave with batting averages. All I know is he comes in in 96 and 97 – he hit a decent amount of home runs, but he also had, like, huge at-bats. Like, I remember him getting a couple of huge base hits that were, like, critical, as did Chili Davis. Um, and same thing with Ruben Sierra. Like, Cecil Fielder was a part of that. They hadn't, you know, looking back, we won it five times, whatever. But looking back, it was new. And here was this guy at the plate. Now, you had a pitch to Cecil Fielder because at the time, the Yankees had more – they had a power lineup, but not really. Not like this, where – with the short porch and stuff, he could hit him out. And uh, he first, and you know, I like out of shape players. Uh, you know, that just makes me laugh all the time. And I got a jersey that says uh, Big Daddy. I still have it. I wear it sometimes. It's like pajamas. It doesn't fit, it fits me tightly. I assure you. Um, but yeah, Big Daddy Cecil Fielder always loved him. Uh, and you know, uh, he was like the first guy uh, pre steroids when he hit the fifty the one year. And I remember. When I first saw him on ESPN highlights, this is my reaction. Again, we're Yankee fans. And I'd be like, who's this fat bastard on the Tigers hitting? If you remember, pure fat boy bombs before you know the steroid, really. He was hitting bombs. And, he and there's like something about like, hitting a home run in that old Detroit stadium. I'm not even sure if they're playing right. a new one at this point. But the, that stadium, when you hit one deep, awesome. it looked deep. It just yeah. looked awesome. Anytime a guy does well and he looks like he works for the Department of Sanitation – I'm always going to be a fan of that guy. So I'm going to go with uh, Cecil Fielder, who was with the Yankees for two years, and a critical two years. The other one, I'm going to go back a little bit, and uh, that's to do with the Giants. Number 45, punt returner, Leon Bright. Now, I'm convinced Leon Bright is the reason why some of the the rules were changed because he came from the Canadian League. They didn't have a fair catch. So you got to remember, he he was there from 81 to 83. And 81, of course – was so 81, 82, and 83, LT's rookie year. That's when I really started becoming I was a giant fan before that, but like where now we we had we had I just a George. Stop now. you for a second. Could you imagine fielding a punt in today's NFL without there being a fair catch? Well that's it. Now you know that's what he did. And what happened was yeah. like what? He, I nobody quite I'm taking a drink here. Nobody quite knew some you read the paper about the Canadian League, but again 81 ESPN. It was like, what? But I'm in the upper deck. I'm 16 years old. My brother, who is 20. And here's this guy, Leon Bright. And he didn't call a fair catch. 
And sometimes he would make the guy miss, and he would get like another eight yards, and sometimes he would get drilled. And it was one particular game uh, against the Cowboys in 81. Anthony Dickerson of the Cowboys like just crushed him. And But there was a few games where he had to leave the field. And he came off wobbly. and But he came out in the second half. Today he would be in the tent concussion. But he came out to field punts. And, dude, when you're in the upper deck and you're looking down, you see the punt. It's, it's the best seats in the house. I you agree. See the football punt. season, football games – up top, yeah, I, midfield yeah, now, or end zone even isn't bad. Right, honestly, we were now top. we were in the corner, so you know a little bit maybe if we were fifteen rows lower, a little bit more, we were like on the goal line kind of, maybe uh, two hey, sections. Where, the, where do the coordinators sit? Do they stay on the sideline? Do they sit in the first row or do they no, sit they up go, in the box? Up. I know, I know. Uh, but Leon Bright got drilled, man, and we were like, oh man! But he he came out and we gave him such a standing ovation. We just thought he was tough as nails. It turns out though. It was critical because he was their main punt returner, and he started to have to sit. At, he got his shoulder got banged up, and the coaches started telling him, "Hey, dude, like you got to call fair catches." Uh, but he just really never did, and then finally he got crushed one last time. He never came back. So to me, Leon Bright just disappeared by not calling a fair catch, and I loved him for it, and we loved it in the upper deck that we had things to cheer for. We had LT, and now we had this guy Leon Bright. So I thought he was a badass. So this show number forty-five is dedicated to Cecil Fielder. And Leon Bright. Now, who do you have, Chris Gucci, behind right. the glass? Well, well, first, I want to say that I was spot on. When I was looking through the numbers, I, I saw Chili Davis. I saw Cecil Fielder. I said, well, I'm going to stay far away from those guys because I'm 100% sure that Jimmy's going to mention him, <laughs> both of them. I really can Honestly, I came across yeah. Rudy May, and I have a decent story. Not me, per se, but my father has a, a ball that – Willie Randolph hit was hitting batting practice, hit a ball to the warning track. Rudy May was, you know how pitchers would field batting practice back in the day to get loose. Right. Rudy May tracks it back to the warning track and he catches it at the wall and he left the glove there. My father was sitting over the wall and he let my father take the ball. An oh, hour later, cool. whatever, they started a conversation. My father threw the ball back to him. So he had like the entire 77 Yankees team where I'm not sure what year it was, signed the ball. So there's somewhere I played baseball with it. I did a lot of bad things with that baseball. Like it's, you can't oh, even make out one you autograph. Can't do that. I know That's we cool. were, honestly, I was young. I was very young. And you I know what, if you have it, back. if you have it, you should keep it because it's funnier. I it's mean, funnier it's now. Oh, we definitely have it somewhere. That's I've, yeah. I've definitely seen that recently. Yeah, That's funny. You get a cool funny eye. story it's about Rudy May. And um, I'm going to go with another one, though. Since I knew you would burn me with all your Yankee picks, I figured I'd go with a, a thorn in your side. Number 45 from the Chicago Bulls slash Washington Wizards, God. the one and only Michael Jordan. Air Jordan. Yeah, I, I, I always thought that was just a, a jersey grab, money grab thing. Uh, I know – I'm sure he had reasons. No, he did reasons to switch. That his brother his wore 45, number. and Michael Jordan was a weird cat at that time. Remember the whole baseball thing? There was a lot going uh, on. You mean you mean the gambling on the sports? The gambling, that, the that, gambling that, on that sports. Weird, that weird thing, which will never yeah. be talked about again. Um, I still think he gambled like Pete Rose, but nobody wants to talk about it. Oh, hundred um, percent. Yeah, and he should be. You know, but no, no. It's listen. He's Michael Jordan. He's the greatest. Uh, yeah, but the 45 thing. I was like, come on, he's 23. Stop it. Uh, that annoyed the hell out of me back then. Plus, he always beat the Knicks, so I was like annoyed three times over. But all Seems right, like that forty-five was the only beatable version of Jordan was when he wore number forty-five. Yeah, that's true. 
And by the way, Leon Bright had 106 punt catches with no fair catches. <laughs> you left that for a second. If you did that in today's game, you would physically be impossible to play. You would either be not concussed only, or dead. Not only that, first of all, the um, it's just like you're yeah, you're gonna get not you're not gonna get the job because all the coaches are saying fair catch now. There's just not yeah, enough so risk. There's too much, too much risk, not enough reward. But 106. And 1981 is not that long ago. <laughs> well, it is, but it isn't. Anyway, so that's it. All right, we'll go with Cecil Fielder, Leon Bright, and Michael Jordan getting involved here. So that's it. All right, well, devastating news coming out of the Jimmy Palumbo weight loss camp. Uh, I just weighed myself. I was kind of away this weekend dealing with um, my daughter's birthday. We had a great time. I'll get into that later. Uh, and I was in a place where I didn't bring enough of my prepackaged food and I was doing buffets and trying to be fun and, and, uh, festive. And let's face it. I had a bad, I had a bad Saturday and Sunday, but I, I assure you Monday morning, I woke up, got back to my coffee. All right. All right. We're, we're, we're tired of hearing, we're tired of hearing the excuses I'm, and, uh, okay. and I'm the, back today. I had a bad, listen, I admit it. I come clean. I got a bad, bad day. Um, I'm back to, as of this, I just weighed myself now. Uh, uh, I am at 216.2, so I gained five pounds. Now, so, I'm guessing. Oh, do I have to pull the tape from last week where I said this to you last week? You I said, said I wasn't going to. But normally I do. But this week I just, where I was was very difficult. And you know what I'm a little concerned about? I, I, but I'm also going to say this. I actually, since last Monday, I, I did pretty good eating all week. You know what I'm guessing? That 211.2 was like one of those. You know when you weigh yourself at a weird time and it's actually much lower, but sometimes you weigh yourself and it's much higher. I'm guessing. Well, I will give I'm you gonna this. Guess, I'm going to guess that I didn't really lose five pounds a week before. I probably only lost two and a half. And so this week I really only gained back two and a half. You follow what I'm it saying? It sounds like a load of excuses or or whatever you want to call well, maybe it. Because, no, what I'm going to say is, is like maybe I there failed. was a COVID a COVID weight loss and you were sickly, so you finally put the the weight back on. But really, it's probably just Could a vacation, be. and you weighed yourself at four today, right? As opposed to like early and in I, the morning. I did have a lot. I did have a lot of. I just had some. No, but I didn't really eat today except for the the, the diet stuff. So yeah, I uh, listen. I come clean. I failed. I told you why I failed, but it's a failure nonetheless. I'm back. I started right back up again, and I'll be fine. Uh, so that's the discussion there. We're going to leave it at that. I'm still less weight than when we first started. I'll cling into that, even though I was a I was Cecil Fielder when we started this. Uh, so that's that. Um, the weight loss. Uh, we will be back next week. Is a big. I got again. I am like Aaron Rodgers. The pressure is enormous. Uh, we'll talk about the uh, NFL playoffs a little bit. Um, listen, you know what's a really cool thing for me? Everybody was like Burrows. Look at Burrows. Not that good. Like, okay. Like once you make the playoffs as a starting quarterback and you win a playoff game, the talk of him being not that good is gone forever to me. He's now in he's in the he's in the I'll track of like shame on, his on shame on any person that said Joe Burrow wasn't that good. Well, some people Based were on saying what? that. Okay. The other guy, I I know there was some controversy uh with some calls in the game, but that's just the way the playoffs have always gone. There's always crazy calls. Um I would tell you this: the other guy who got to me bad reviews. Now I'm a Giant fan, by the way. I'm wearing my Giant shirt because briefly the Giants finally cut loose. Gettleman, uh, Judge, everybody's gone since our last broadcast. 
I'm happy about that. I can wear my Giants shirt, even though we don't have a GM and a head coach. I feel like we're back. And, of course, when the Cowboys lose, that's always kind of a giant win in a weird way in my head. And the Eagles and lost. Philly. And so, um, no, but look, the, the bottom line is uh, the 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 Burroughs is fine. And the other guy who I, I think he's just a great NFL quarterback now, but Josh Allen. This like knocks on him, and I'm like, why? He just gets in the game and does really well. And thank you very much. Now I'm a Giant fan, so I'm looking at Daniel Jones, but like, like we don't have a guy like that. This guy's a great player, and he should not catch shit. And they smoked the Pats again. The Pats didn't. They just didn't. They looked cold, and they looked, like they, they they looked, looked about how they, I thought they were going to look. In that game, they're right. they're just outmatched yeah. in that game. The Buffalo is a better team. They got outmatched, no doubt. The other thing, the Bucks and Eagles. Uh, I, I did get a huge kick out of like in the very beginning. I was like, oh, maybe you know, maybe the Eagles are going to show up. <laughs> I, then I, you know, I do it all the time. I watch the Bucks game, and uh, and you forget you're watching the game the first like five minutes, and you're like, oh, you know, all of a sudden you're like, oh, wait a minute, this is Tom Brady, and the guy is like. <laughs> Any, uh, he you you could argue with Tom Brady, and I, he's just he's just a winner. He gets it done. He inspires his. He makes his teammates better. He's Tom Brady, and I don't want to hear anything. The Buck Tom Brady is favored to win the Super Bowl until the final score is his team is out. I'm tired of it. You, the minute you that, care, like, when you say favored, what does, what does that mean? In other words, the, the the top dog right now in the NFL is the Buccaneers. They won it last year. Tom Brady's a quarterback. I don't care about Rodgers. I know how great he is. But, like, it's Brady, you got to give it to him. He's the king. The king is. Yeah, yeah, but king. he's not. They're not. But they're king. still not favored to win the Super Bowl right now. He, he, Brady's the king. And I, I believe me, I hope he gets unseated. Uh, that being said, uh, the Chiefs Steelers, again, I got a kick out of how at the beginning of the game, the Steelers defense was playing pretty well. And the Chiefs were just kind of. It looked like you know, like a gear on a bike with a chain kind of doesn't doesn't kick in in the beginning. Steelers were definitely playing with a lot of emotion, and they scored. They were up seven nothing. I'm like, oh man, you got to be kidding me! And then then you realize that the Chiefs, you know, they score a lot of points fast, and they have Mahomes, and they have all those guys. And within seconds, uh, Big Ben's career is over. Um, listen, he had a great career. Uh, there's some personal stuff about him. I'm not going to touch on that now. But he had a long career, and um, he was a pretty good player. And one thing I love about Tomlin and even uh, Big Ben, uh, football-wise, the Steelers never suck. And even when they rebuild now, I just – why do I get the feeling that Steelers – like the Steelers sucking, they're going to be 8-8, eight and eight, which can drive – or 9-8, and eight, whatever the hell it is now. I, Jimmy Plumbo World, 8-8. Eight eight. Just um, to give you an example just, of how the Steelers don't suck, they had Neil O'Donnell at quarterback, and they made it to the Super Bowl in 94. Right, they just never point. suck. You know, ninety-five. And, and Sorry, Dave. They don't fire their coaches. Their coaches are always good. I mean, they've had three coaches in ninety-five years. That wasn't. So I got to give it to him there. Um, what's the other game? Um, so I thought I was impressed by Josh Allen, impressed by Burroughs, uh, Brady, of course. Mahomes got it done. Uh, we can talk about the Cowboy game. Uh, I, I was able to watch. That's the game I watched the most. Cause the timing of it I was uh, with this weekend and my daughter's birthday extravaganza. Um, I thought, listen, uh, I didn't think the Cowboys played well. I thought the Cowboys got their ass kicked 
I thought the game really was never in doubt until the last five minutes when the 49ers coaching staff kind of forgot a little bit about what they're doing. Um, and maybe even some clock management issues, as I always touch upon. At the end of the game, I mean, Chris, I got to give it to you. You've been bashing McCarthy, and I'm a Giant fan. I'm like, what are you bashing McCarthy for? The Giants have had horrible coaches. And it really looked like when the when the money is on, when the when the big money, when it's right there, it seems like McCarthy just fails. Um, you know, Dak didn't have a good game. Uh, and to call that play uh, a quarterback sneak, uh, and then everybody knows you got to give the ball to the ref, and the ref puts it down, and then they let you, they let guys move around um, uh, all the time. So, uh, and of course, the the guy get the, the biggest play of the game. They were going for it on fourth and inches, which was the right call. They're at the thirty-five, right? This is the 49ers. What's with the complicated setup? Fourth and inches. What you do? You line up your offensive line like it's electric football, and then you either do a quick handoff or your quarterback dives in to get the three quarters of a centimeter first down, game over. Instead, they do this multiple stuff with a guy, and you want to talk about a questionable call. I guess technically it was the right call, but I mean it was it was pretty egregious. It was directly in front of the ref's face. If right, you don't like, make that call in that spot, you do not hear the end of it because that will be replayed right, but he was, over and over. He was it was so close for him to be set. But I, I blame the coaching staff, stupid play. So to and me, I'm gonna be honest, that, that exact same thing happened about 20 minutes before that to CD Lamb on Dallas. So the call was legit. You, you gotta get yeah, down. I just think I know listen. Point blank. Um but it didn't really have much of an effect. Yeah, I mean I, I as, thought as the as Dallas receivers were gonna be really come to fruition and be better than that, but a wacky game at the end, calling a quarterback sneak. Not getting the playoff. It seems like they got the call right. Um, the ref couldn't get in there. He had to touch the ball and he had to put it in the right spot. And uh, the clock ran off. But you just, to me, all you were doing, with you, you were at that point, if you're a coaching staff or an offensive coordinator, your goal is how can we get a little closer? Because a 50 yard line, you have to roll out backwards. And then usually, so it's really a 60 yard pass to the end zone. Yeah, these kids can throw the ball 60 yards, but you know what? Not always. Sometimes it, it flutters a little bit. So uh, a quick out pattern to get to the – you know, any little further yardage to make the Hail Mary easier, seven seconds would have been real close to possibly having two shots at it. But Hail Mary sometimes do take seven seconds, so I think they would have had legitimate one second at it, a one shot at it. But I just don't think you call a quarterback sneak there. It's so stupid. Um I've never seen that before. And then they say they practiced it. Um, you know, I don't know. Everybody's getting on Dak. Fans were throwing stuff and and that kind of thing. Um, but uh, listen, I think there was a lot of pressure on the Cowboys. I think once they fell down, it was like, oh my god, we can't lose a first round again. And I, I, my, the only thing I'll take away from this game is if the Cowboys keep their team intact, I think this loss. Uh, I think the NFC East is going to stink next year again. They'll be better. The Giants have to be better. They'll be better. And I think this will help the – believe it or not, I can't believe I'm saying this. I think this will help the Cowboys next year. I think they'll be better prepared for the playoffs. I mean, um, without without looking at it, I know that there's a couple guys that are up to get paid or get get let go. I'm pretty sure Amari Cooper's contract is up, and I'm Dave is in the room, and he can either nod or not. It's not up yet, so he's got one more year. Twenty million dollar tag. So he's got one more year on Amari Cooper. 
Right. And but the thing is about Dallas is, and I know this for a fact. I don't have Dave's acknowledgement on this one. Is that their offensive coordinator and their defensive coordinator are definitely up for some head coaching jobs. So no continuity question. will be an issue, but I think that they'll keep their core players back regardless. Yeah, I, I, I don't think there's listen, really many guys in. I would be shocked if the Cowboys don't make the playoffs next year. Is my point. No, they're and the I Cowboys think, got the division for the foreseeable future. Right. Things could. Change, I don't want to say they you know, choked because I hate saying but, that. But they, I felt the Cowboys were feeling the, the heat of we got to win a game. That's why I said, you know, Cowboys would have won this game. They would have been a bear the rest of the way because that would have been like an albatross off their shoulder. But, but, but you know what? I was watching a lot of the game and, you know, and I was like, the Cowboys aren't playing well. Like, if I, if I turned the game on, I would have thought the Cowboys were like seven and nine, that kind of thing. They just didn't look that good. And that's why they got beat crazy play at the end. Uh, so that's that. Um, I'll do my stinks list. Uh, we got I got the Buffalo Bills up to very good. Patriots average. Bengals good. Steelers average. Tennessee Titans will remain at very good. Chiefs very good. Raiders average. Um, I got uh, Cowboys down to good. Eagles stink. They stunk before. Green Bay Packers will remain at very good because they didn't play yet. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I got to bump them up to very good. I probably had them there anyway. I did have them there. Uh, and the Rams, uh, Rams, Cardinals tonight. Um, I don't know how to pick this game. I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with the Rams. I think the Rams are gonna win. So, and the Cardinals, I'm gonna keep them as they were. So uh, they were uh, in a good category. And that's it. And I've got the 49ers at good. So that's the stink list. I'll do that week to week. Then I'll have a final one with the teams left. We'll go through it. So that's the NFL playoffs. The um, Rutgers uh, annoyed my soul this weekend. Um, they had a big hoop game against Penn State on the road, and they got smoked. They were down the whole game. They were down by 12 points from the start, and they looked like they weren't ready to play, were not prepared. And I, I posted or texted some Rutgers fans, and uh, I love Coach Peichel, but they just don't look prepared on the road, and they just don't. And they don't have any shooters, so they shoot like bricks. Looks like you and I are out there, and they have a you know Hooper, uh, Hooper, Harper, and Baker are gone after this year. I think they've been in the league nine years now, and they don't have many studs coming in. They're going to have to rely on the portal big time. I don't know if they're going to get it. So I think like Pico's got to be careful because like a year from now, he'll be on the hot seat because like what are you doing? But then they come back and they beat Maryland. And they beat them like, you know, they beat them in a good. They were down by eleven at the half. Stormed back. I think it was that desperation. They need the way. They need that desperation from the get go. Um, again, I think Maryland stinks. I mean, the year. way they played yeah. early in the year, they should be playing every single game with desperation. Right. They don't. They don't take a, a and bad they, loss at Penn State. And you could turn around and say the reason why they Harper put both the ball in the hoop and Rutgers has trouble putting the ball in the hoop on their shots. Uh, their free throws are better this year, but when they, when they're cold from from the shooting, they get smoked. Uh, it was fun to watch. I actually watched a lot of the wrestling. Uh, Rutgers was playing Penn State. Now I, I I don't say I'm a wrestling. I know pause and stuff like that. I I enjoyed and Rutgers is really good in wrestling now. The difference with the Big Ten though, when you're really good in wrestling and you're in the Big Ten, you can be like you could be number ten in the country. But you're like seventh in the Big Ten, and I don't care. I, 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 I'm, this no big news here, but 
I, I watched a lot of the match, and my God, some of the guys on Penn State, the guys some were of the guys on Penn one. State will be a, will be Olympic so, gold medalists or Olympic guy, members. I don't no know if you question. watched That's the, a the, good the team that that kid's Sirachi. Yeah. Um, he's uh, a sixty pounder, I think, for Penn State. He's he, the, yeah, he just no the mat. He's a seventy three pounder, seventy right. Yeah. And the match he, right he, he was up against he was up against kind of a baby Yui freshman because their senior guy hurt his shoulder. I think the match would have been a little better, but this poor kid, um, this guy just ate him alive. It looked like I was wrestling my uh, my, my nephew or something. There was a and point where ate. he put a, he he basically had an arm bar where he put his arm behind his back and he was just looking at his coaches. He I wouldn't say he toyed with him because there was no disrespect. Oh, it was like no, he no, just he had was his way. Well, listen, the guy got like four or five points because he let him up. He was trying different things. The kid had no chance, uh, and the announcers were showing the different moves he made. Now, Paz and this guy named Brooks. Was that the guy who fought Paz? Aaron Brooks. He's a, def he's a defending national champion. Yeah. And, you know, Paz, um, Paz hung in there for a while. But, again, they'll see each other again. Uh, can, I don't I think give Paz... it, can I give my assessment on this? Because sure, I definitely sure. – look, Paz could have went out there, in my opinion. Now, I watched it, obviously. I think Paz could have gone out there and kept it closer if he decided to sit on his ass and just stall the entire match. But Paz presented himself. He was active. He was going for shots. It just shows the difference. And I'm not saying – you not, take nothing away from Paz. You, this you, this no, guy's on another level. Another level. And I thought Paz, a couple of times, he almost Paz got a couple of things. takedowns. It wasn't, yes, it wasn't no like doubt. he just got dusted. I agree. It, it, I agree. Look, the uh, final score wasn't great as far as you listen, know, he got major decisions. And, and but listen, guys like, guys like Paz get better – like, so when they face each other again, could be a different story. Although, let's just say this Rutgers had the lead going into the final four weights, I believe, or final five weights. But Penn know, State's Penn State's like 45 and 0 at those weight the, classes this year. They're, they're and, really, and good. no one, and no one is ranked, no, nobody in their last four play, uh, wrestlers is ranked outside of the top 10, I think. It's crazy. Um, so Penn State and wrestling, you could talk about Oklahoma and all these wrestling schools, man. Penn State is the but top. I will dog. say this. Uh, I will say this. This is the best Rutgers wrestling team in history of Rutgers. And oh yeah, they're they are officially one of those teams in the Big Ten now when it comes to wrestling. There's no make oh, no mistake will, about uh, it. That wrestling team is good, and they will yeah, make some good, noise. And in the, they got in the a Big great Ten coach, tournament, and they'll make noise in the national tournament too. One hundred percent. All Americans and, on that team. And the reason why they're good, and this is something that Chiano's done, that I don't think Pikeel has, is that. When uh, Goodale, I guess is how you pronounce his name. Yeah. When he recruits, you got to see the kids he recruits, man. These guys, they're choosing between, you know, Penn State, Wisconsin, and Iowa, and they're coming here. I mean, these guys are badass. And so when you recruit at that top 15 level, your wrestlers are in the top 15, and then they wrestle that way. So um, that's awesome. But they, they got beat. Penn State's just better uh, and for, for the foreseeable future. Um, the other thing they is my Michigan, daughter. They got Michigan this week too. There's no easy match. Yeah, there's it's no like easy Michigan, match. Michigan, it, it gets rough. Uh, and I'm really, I'm going to keep an eye on that freshman who wrestles uh, Sirachi. He's only a freshman. I'm going to try to make a mental note, like three years from now, because he looked a little like not is in uh, cut as the like. I want to give him another three years of wrestling weight room. And, and in wrestling, like, he might get like six more years because the way they the way they right. do things in wrestling is very and also different. and also like like I was watching that match thinking this kid was probably the baddest kid in high school and now he's up against a Godzilla. This guy that was abusive. Anyway, so good for Rutgers wrestling. They hung in there. Penn State's just too good. 
what else? I my daughter's birthday was this weekend, uh, and uh, she was up at Crystal Springs. So I was bouncing around up there with with her and her six friends. Um, they were in indoor pools and running around, screaming and yelling like kids do. Um, it's really fun to do that. Uh, she had a blast. And that was exciting. It was just a crazy world up there. Top of New Jersey, there's Sussex. You ever been up there? Crystal Springs by Mountain Creek with the old yeah. Vernon Valley, Great Gorge ski mm -hmm. areas. I was trying to look. I finally looked at which one was Great Gorge, which one was Vernon Valley. Looked at the conditions were better. And uh, people were having fun. We didn't ski. We just, They just frolicked. And uh, one of the things is there was a magic show there, right? <laughs> so magic show. I thought it was in one of the grand ballroom. It was like a bad magic show, but to me it was a great magic show because the guy was doing adult jokes with younger kids underneath. You know what I mean? And so it's like yet, SpongeBob. I don't think, right, but I don't think the show was going that well. And so like <laughs> I was up there and I'm thinking as a stand-up, I'm like, wow, this guy's getting battered around. But you know what? He's leaning in behind center and he's chucking the ball in the end zone. Like he didn't, he was relentless and he was a pro and he handled the pigeon got away. He had to run up and catch it. And it was not part of the act because the assistant ran out. They were worried about the pigeon flying out the door and it landed on this silly. I had to go up and get it on like a chair. He had to get people to get out of their seat. Definitely wasn't part of the show. And uh, it was just the guy, but he was doing great one-liners uh, and I was, I was laughing, but I was, you know, I was laughing at him and with him. And also it, it was, a, it was pure entertainment. He was well, like, up at there the end of the day, stage. that's what I was just going to ask. Were you entertained by this guy? I was now my daughter's friends were entertained for about 15 minutes. They were too old for it. You know, they're 12, uh, 13 year olds and stuff. But I was trying to explain to them, was, like, not because it wasn't entertaining, but because they're too, no, it's it, it too. Yeah. There's a little bit of that. Yeah. But I was like, I looked at Nihilus and that. This is pure. You know, this is so awesome, you know. Uh, so it was just funny. This guy was like, uh, and if it was, you know, if the bird thing was part of the act, even better. I don't think it was, though, because the guy, the manager, came out. They were worried about them because it was eight degrees. So if the bird got outside, game over. So, uh, but it was fun to watch. And that, my daughter had a good time. And that's all that really matters on that. You know, myself and Gooch are both getting a little older. One of the first things to go is your vision. Thank goodness for our hookup over at Absolute Eyewear in Woodbridge, New Jersey, right on Main Street next to the train station. They have glasses for all ages, all budgets. They have safety glasses, sports glasses. They are a full-service powerhouse offering eye exams and even free lenses for the kids. They work with BCBS, AAA, AARP, giving massive discounts. They're open five days a week, closed on Wednesdays and Sundays. Call 732-326-3937 to get your first pair of Ray-Ban, Burberry, Coach, Polo, you name it, they got it. Go see Craig and Johnine right now. We're going to be doing this Patreon thing, which Chris is going to help me out explaining. We're going to be doing this little support thing, Patreon. I have never done it before. We're going to be launching it soon enough. I'll leave it at that. And there's going to be different levels. You get different things for different levels, a monthly kind of deal. Um, I'm not sure what the money's yeah. going to be yet. So, we're going to be so discussing this. We're, we're this working week. out. I, I have some ideas. I mean, like, obviously, I'll run them by. Well, you know what? Explain to everybody. Explain everybody a little bit more what Patreon is. So, Patreon is basically what it does is it allows for content creators like Jimmy to um, be paid for his time, essentially. So, a lot of times, you, it's not a thing that we're going we're gonna to charge you for the content. 
the content's going out there anyway. But if you sit here and you enjoy the show and you want to support the show, then you choose a tier. It's a there's a general tier for general support. Then there's one where it's a little a little bit higher. I would say three, five, and a ten dollar tier. Five dollar tier, you will start to get some perks that go along with it. We've been kicking around the idea of doing video. We're actually on video now. There's been a couple people that have reached out to us and said, "How do we get the video?" and it's all in the works. We're just kicking around the ideas. We're getting the editors in place. And as we go forward into the, the new year, that's what we plan on doing, kicking the Patreon into full effect. And as far as um, the tiers go. Well, I, uh, I want to announce one thing. If someone does the highest tier, whatever it is, and you live in within an hour of me, I will actually, um, I will pinch hit in your softball game. There you go. <laughs> And at the, at the so, end of the day, all you got to do is go is to the top be tier you? because you're... you're a fat bastard right now. I know that Johnny Trino has been out. Johnny Trino has well, been out training a little bit. Snow yes, didn't saw, matter. But Jimmy Palumbo, seen, I'm not sure anybody wants Jimmy Palumbo pinch it. If you haven't seen the Johnny Trino getting and I'll contact Johnny Trino. I'll get Johnny Trino to show up your game rather than me. You don't want me at the plate. But Johnny Trino, did you see that in the snow working bro, out? Bro? No, I have the tiger, bro. He is back. I, I, I got to give him a call this week. Johnny Trino will be ready much faster on his feet. Um, I heard he's dieting too, believe it or not. He's trying to fact, take over my left center field spot on the, uh, oh, the co-ed. That, that, spot is, that spot is you are, you're already – your agent is looking out for other teams. You know, you know who's probably out of a job then? If, if that's the case, if I get bumped from left center, I'm probably going to shift over to right center, and I think that will leave a one Jimmy Palumbo on the bench. So Johnny Trino is the one taking your actual job. It could be. Could be. Could very well be. Tongue-in-cheek day here at the stadium. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we hope Johnny Trino makes a good comeback. That's a lot of fun. Uh, again, uh, my diet trouble, excuses or trouble. I will be back. I will be back. I promise you. Um, so uh, that's it in terms of that. We're doing this Patreon thing. It should be fun. We're going to be doing more videos. You're going to start seeing stuff from this actual clip. Uh, and our boy Pete McNally is going to be helping us out with that. Should be fun. And that Patreon thing, we're going to dabble in it. Hopefully the show will grow. Uh, I uh, I did not watch the season finale of Yellow Jackets last night. I will be watching it today. So we're going to go in depth tomorrow about that. I know you haven't bought in, but I think it's a great show. I did watch a little bit of Euphoria, the first episode uh, of that. With the that seems from, to be the uh, buzz right now. And I got to admit, I watched... Dude, I gotta admit, I, I enjoyed. Go ahead. Show doesn't work for me, man. Last year's season, I didn't know what was going on. It felt like it was high school kids having sex. I was exactly. I watched one episode of that show, and I was definitely intrigued. I'm not going to sit here and, and and call it. I was I was like, wow, this is a good show, but it was like when they were doing drug deals and weird like gang stuff. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, wait, that's a high school kid. They're, they're depicting these right. people as high schoolers. So then it made me feel a little bit uncomfortable as we got into the show. And I'm like seeing what they actually are showing. And then then the next scene, they're in high school. And I was like, this is just very weird to me. Good show I, to a degree. You know what? I, I got to be honest with you. I think the show is just um, – uh, you know what it is? I'm not the audience for it. Not, There's exactly. an audience not for it. Me. I know that. It's not me. You know, clearly it's the number one show. Fifty-six in the, years in the old, and uh, right now. yeah, I, I, uh, I, I prefer the Yellow Jackets. I think that has more drama to it, and it's creepy in its own way as well. Um, but you get to cut to the how they are as adults as well. Um, but um, 
I also finished Cobra Kai. Now, I have a 13-year-old th now. I can say that about my daughter. Um, and she's a big fan of Cobra Kai. And, of course, I'm uh, good friends with good, I'm, I'm friends with Ralph Macho. He's been good to me. I've been good to him. Uh, I thought the first two seasons, three seasons, whatever, you know, it was such a great, great fine line between that karate kid 80s thing. So people like me will get it, the back and forth. And I don't want to say the show jumped the shark. But for me, it's uh, 30 episodes in, 40 episodes in, whatever it is. Just, at uh, this it, point, I'll say it. It's like, it's like okay. They're milking the cow uh, now. Right. It's and like um, it, it's still a little well done. But I will tell you this. The reason why I think the show is great is – I was away with my, you know, uh, my daughter and stuff this weekend. Um, my daughter just loves the show. All those high school kids, you know, she's almost there. And so she looks up, you know, we always like when you're younger, a couple years older, you think it's cool. And um, she just thinks it's like, to me, it's like the show is completely working. Uh, my daughter oh, is yeah. into it. Her friends are and, into and it. I got to admit, it's like what you, we were talking about earlier it's almost like it's it's for adults and they get away with a lot in terms of the right. times. Well, it's, it's campy. It's, it's a campy show. Uh, very campy. Uh, but you know what? It works. It works on that level. Um, and it was a cliffhanger at the end, so I'm sure here's what it is. Here's what it is. The thing is, it's like you're taking it back a little bit, but that's how kids are. Like if you were to actually have a real show following 13 and 14-year-old kids around when they were with each other, there, it's not it's not for mom and dad's ears i could promise you you know right. so they do a good job of letting the kids be how kids would be when there's no parents around and plus the thing i could do without is like the choreographed fight scenes and things like that but that's yeah that's a little but like that's part of it it's part of it yeah. um i uh, i enjoy um uh, uh well first of all um uh ralph macho's wife in the show is hot so you got that's one thing you just gotta go. With. She she keeps you in the building with three minutes to go down by twenty five. When she lines in behind center and throws a dart to the twenty five, um, yeah, she's a, she's a little player there. Um, uh, but you know what? It's it's a it's a it's a fun show, and you know I'll, I'll end up. My daughter watches it. I'll watch it. So we discuss it. So I had fun with that. I also saw this other documentary. <laughs> this is gonna be again. The reason why I created this podcast, I've been getting notes like my, uh, some people think I talk a little bit too much about sports. Maybe I do, but that's who I am. I'm a sports guy, but I always like to, to, you know, uh, it's not WFAN. And I know I've mentioned music, uh, and stuff like that. And, uh, the Bing Crosby episodes, I still love Southern rock episode. Uh, we are actually going to have on, believe it or not, perhaps next Monday. Um, the lead singer, the lead guitarist for Molly Hatchet and owner of the band is coming on next Monday with us. So that ought to be wild. Uh, so you don't know that kind of thing. But I watched a documentary last night on Fox Business. You ever watch a documentary and you're like, yeah, I remember that. Like, what the hell happened there? You don't really know what it is. And really what it is is uh, – you remember on Sunday mornings, there was that guy. He always had like a purple. He was a, a pastor. Um, he was a Reverend Schuler, And he always had, he had this gray hair. And it was a very, like, the, the, the cathedral was huge. Well, he was, he had a thing called the Crystal Cathedral that was all made out of glass. 
and the doors opened up. But the reason why they opened up, I always thought that they opened up because that was, you know, just to open up the outside. Turns out they built a, a, a cathedral in the 50s and 60s like a drive-in. So when he opened the doors, he could preach to the inside and the people in their cars getting the game through their – getting the game – getting the service through their radio. And then he was the first – he started incorporating television. But television had been done with the, with the, with the pastor stuff and the, and the religious stuff. But he did it like on acid. I mean, he blew it out. Full cameras. And he was a little bit extravagant, this guy. He had full cameras, full uh, production facilities. And then they started, he realized he, he, the, the place was packed. And he realized he wanted to create a whole different thing. And he re created one of the most unique buildings in the United States at the time. A full, huge cathedral, all made out of glass. And since it was in... Uh, California, made out of glass, and it was made out of, uh, so it's earthquake proof. Um, and he built this, you know, because he was extravagant, so everything had to be top of the line. They went over budget. They got some big donors to help him out, and they raised money for a bunch of years. But when it opened up, no one thought about acoustics. So they had all this expensive acoustics in there, and his first sermon, nobody could hear him. The outside people couldn't hear him because the, the, the sound was bouncing off and they were freaked out all like all week until one guy goes, Hey, we had a band in here, a Christian band and they sounded great. They had like a thousand dollars worth of equipment. It turns out the equipment didn't need to be up in the air, whatever. They just put it in a regular spot and, and boom, that, that totally solved like a rare save money, do it this way and save the money. And of course it went on for, for many years. And, um, but then they ran it. They ran into bankruptcy. I guess to, to to it was one of those. Almost looked like a little Disney World spot. And when you don't have guests coming all the time and money rolling in, you run out of you're, you're overspending. And he ran out of money, and uh, he ended up going bankrupt. And the family owned had to give up a lot of it because of, there were certain issues, but no major scandal. I actually got online and googled. He wasn't a complete creep or anything like that. He just overspent, and. Uh, and the cool part was, which I didn't know, being a Catholic myself, they were going to sell it to um, uh, either Chapman University or the Roman Catholic Church. And he was an old man at the time, and he said, hey, I want to sell it to the Catholic Church. I want to keep it a, a cathedral. So now it's called Christ Cathedral instead of Crystal Cathedral. And the church came in, and they ironed shut the door so it stays closed. And they, they made some changes on the inside, but it's – it's still a beautiful thing. I don't know. You know what I'm talking about, Chris? The Crystal Palace. You ever seen that? I do. Yeah, I've never been. It's it's it. No, neither have I. Never been there either. But you always used to see it on TV all the time, and they have. Uh, it's just a wild looking. Almost looks like a. It's white and glass. The whole thing is pretty cool. And I was like, man, this guy started out with a little. Now, if I went in know, there, that's the day that it would all break and collapse, and I'd be fall on your face, right? On a, under the bottom of a pile of shards of. Tons of glass. Nah, supposedly, it's like a really well done. Uh, I mean, they said it's earthquake proof, but yeah, I mean, they used the. Uh, anyway, how would you I ever know something is? Would you know something is earthquake proof until you put it somewhere and then hit the button to well, start an earthquake? It has. It supposedly has taken a few earthquake hits, but I was All just right. blown away how this guy starts out with a little a little parish, then he goes, "Hey, let's do it like a drive-in theater," and next thing you know, and it went on for thirty years. Uh, so he wasn't like a two years and out. I was just blown away by that kind of thing. So uh, 
but that, I'm sitting there watching. It's like, oh my god, I, this guy watches on TV. I had no idea of any of that stuff. Um, so that is that. That's my documentary watching getting involved. Um, I did not watch Yellow Jackets yet. Last season finale. It was on last night. I got a tape. I'll probably watch it tonight. I'm looking forward to that. And then maybe next week we'll discuss that show. Um, and uh, I know you're not a fan. You still haven't bought in, huh? Did you start no, watching? No, but I'm, I'm no. I, I have too many things that I, right now it's football playoffs. There's a lot going on. I haven't yeah, watched much TV it. the I last two weeks. But I will tell you this: I will be sitting down on January 21st to start my Ozark binge because I've been waiting two years for that show. You watch Ozark yet, Jimmy? Yes. If you have not uh, watched Ozark, I'm you caught need up. To. I think I'm oh, caught up. Listen, go? I'm. But did they did they drop a new season like in the last month? No, January oh, 21st I'm, starts the newest. There's two parts. They're going to do it over two parts. So they're going to do, I think, six or eight episodes and then eight more episodes to, to wrap it up. Yeah, at the I'm end caught of this up. Year. Great show. Great show. The great girl, show. the blonde in that show is great. Well, did um, you hear what Wendy they're starting Bird, to do now? She's great in a bunch of things. And um, I think Jason Bateman is way underrated as far as an actor. Oh, goes. yeah. He's good comedy on the other is show. good, but. He was good on Arrested Development. He was good on. No, he's great. Uh, the, uh, uh, the cool thing is. Um, uh, that that show and shows like that, I just heard that you know they released all the sh all these episodes on one day. They might mm -hmm. be getting away from that a little bit, and a lot of it has to do with COVID, where they can't do a whole season, so they're going to be only released. And I've been saying for years. Well, this is a this is a foot in the door. You know how then the National League had the the DH for the COVID season. This right. is the foot in the door. They're they're splitting it up, and it is one hundred percent due to COVID. And obviously, when you have right a successful TV show but guys but get other jobs and then you got to get everybody on set at the same time. And that, that's I also that. think, I think there's more to it. I think the model of, Hey, just drop the whole season that works. But now that there's 11 streaming networks and everybody's dropping for the whole season, I think people are saying, Hey, hang on a second. Maybe there's something to drop in, you know, once well, a month or once well, a month. There, there is data on it. Netflix is typically dropped the whole season at once. And I think that there is something to that. And I think that Netflix doing that is kind of cool because I love being able to just binge a show. And right. sometimes I wait so I can binge a show. Does that right. make sense? Like I'll wait a couple of weeks and then I'll watch all three. But Hulu already does that. Hulu's been doing that. So like they release right. shows. No, on but now Sunday it's coming. Whatever it's, it's day. Coming, and then it's the following week. It's coming on more shows. And it's interesting. Um, I think certain shows are designed to be not binged. Um, like I think the Sopranos, I started binging that. I think that waiting a week thing works. Um, problem is they made you wait like a year and a half for the next season. But um, it's interesting that whole streaming thing. Um, I wonder. Of course, I, I, I when I read about it in the in the trades, you know, Netflix is going to have a little issue because they are the gold standard, right? But look at the other ones that are streaming now, and you're up against Amazon. They got money. You're up against Disney. They, these companies got they got stuff in the warehouse that well, Netflix Disney, used to have to. Look, I, I don't think that Disney and Netflix are up against. I think Disney is is way bigger than Disney owns ESPN. Disney owns ABC. No, but you, but you don't understand. You don't understand. But Netflix, Netflix could be in danger of. Where are they going to get their content? And they have to they have to create it. And when you create content, it costs you millions and millions well, of dollars. That's the point that I was going to say is that like while Disney, like if you see a Disney uh, show, right, or a Disney something on the Disney Channel, 
they don't they have Disney Plus where all their all their content is on there, but you will also see the same things that you see on Disney. Netflix will pick it up and get and pay Disney for it. So that's why I say they're on different realms. Netflix does have content from HBO. They have content from Disney. They have content from all these other not, networks that they're not, able to show. I'm telling you right now, not for not for contract. Wait, do you see when contracts run out? Five year deals. Oh, I agree. I agree. Deals. Now that Disney has Disney Plus, maybe they change their tune. Right. And you got to remember, HBO Max is Time Warner. These are big companies, man. Paramount. So Netflix. It's going to be very interesting. I, I think there's too many of them. I think some are going to merge somehow. I don't know. Maybe not. It just seems like there's a lot of them now. Um, and I'd be curious if the pandemic truly is gone, which, by the way, I did hear the numbers are going down, which is great. Um, I wonder if like a year or two, uh, I think the pandemic, the, the COVID might be with us forever. But a year or two from now, when the pandemic is truly over, I wonder like how I think people are going to I think people are not going to be they're going to want to go outside for a little bit. You know what I mean? I don't know. We'll see what happens. But um, there's nothing better when you're binging a show and you're digging it. You get so into it that it just says next episode. You roll right in. I'm still watching Money you. Heist, and Money Heist is great. Binging uh, a show is good when, you, when you're like four years behind, and you're like, oh, right. it's season five of this show, and you could watch all four seasons at once. But, but when you binge a show, like we'll say Ozark is going to come out. I'm going to watch all those episodes within two days. I'm going to have to wait a full year. I mean, Ozark is done right. after this. They're going to have another second part, but you get what I'm saying. At least, well, to your point before, The Sopranos will go take 12 weeks. Then you got to wait a year. But at least you get to watch it over 12 weeks. When you're watching a show on Netflix and you watch it in two days, you have to wait a, an actual full year. Right. Literally. I know. Because you Literally, watch it all. Three, I know. It's crazy. Yeah. But anyway, we'll see what happens with Netflix. Uh, I'm not saying Netflix is dead, but they, they there's an issue there because these other companies like Amazon could really, they can rule the world. And God forbid, you know, these uh, Google gets involved. Forget about it. Anyway. Um, that's it for my show. Show number 45 in the can. Jimmy Palumbo alongside Chris Gucci. We had a little bit of a weird show today because uh, of, of some issues that I had on my end. But it is the Cecil Fielder, Leon Bright show. Uh, and, of course, 45 Jordan. Um, that's it. And uh, I will see you next week with a very special guest. And this time, it could be true. <laughs> we'll talk to you, man. We'll see you, everybody. Stay safe. Where have you come from? Where have you gone?